One thing I want to say is that was a very remarkable talk, a good sharing. And it took me back to 1999, 2000, when all this started to develop and to form, and looking at how Brian stepped forward and Spirit brought in an awareness in me that, you know, to bring him up, to bring him into this. And it was quite remarkable at that time, but it was quite a challenge because he was still in the formation stage. Even though he was waking up, there was a formation that had to take place. And he had to do just what he talked about today. He had to complete his experiences in the world in order to then start going inside and learning the greater part of the journey of the soul and how that works for each individual, how that worked for him, and how that comes into completion, and then what. And so I've witnessed all that action since 1997, really, to today, this process within him, doing just what he shared. And he didn't avoid any of it. He, I can't say ran after it all, but he did pursue it all. He did not avoid the outer life. He did not avoid the inner life. He did them both. And he did them with a desire, a great desire to fulfill himself on all levels and all ways. And that's what it takes so that you can really say a word of truth and know that it's your truth. And that that truth is not just your truth, it's the truth to all. So thank you, that was really very well put. And it also then reminded me of a talk I gave back in 1983. And I remember this so well because it was a very important talk I gave. It was in August of 1983 to a group up in uh, Michigan there were 800 people to gathered together in this uh, Coptic Fellowship International gathering. And we actually had the gentleman from South Africa who was the founder of uh, Spiritual Unity of Nations, or Sun, at the time there as well. And I got to meet him and talk with him. I had met him earlier uh, in 1980 in, in South Africa. And so as I began to talk, I was becoming aware more and more of different things inside of me. And that often happens. I'll be talking here, but in my spiritual experience, I'm still open to other experience at the same time. And so the talk was, the only way out is in. And I get emotional about that because it's a very profound statement for me because I have always talked about that there is only one way out, and that is to go within in meditation. And I have had people fight me on it, deny me on it, do everything they could to prove me wrong. And all the time, I don't care if you believe what I say or not. I'm sharing you with my truth. I'm not sharing to convince you of anything. So I began talking about the only way out is in. And at that moment, I knew at that moment that someday in this lifetime, 
there was going to be an opportunity where I would be initiating souls again in this pathway in this lifetime. And that was the one thing I had actually talked to God about long ago before I came into this body that I really didn't want the challenge the op- of responsibility and all that goes with this. This is a more difficult pathway to be up here teaching than it is where you are as a disciple because of what we experience inward and outward and assisting the disciples in this journey. And I knew it, I know it, and I had done all I could to convince God, not this lifetime, please. Well, I thought I was getting away with something. (laughs) Until in 1983, Spirit came forward as I was talking and showed me some events that were going to be going on. And I said, okay, I hear you, I see you. And I just finished my talk. And it was very interesting because I had people the rest of that weekend, uh, it was over a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I had people coming up to me trying to convince me I was wrong, trying to ask, what did I really mean? How do I do this if I have to go within? What is that? I had all kinds of different processes with it. And it was very interesting. And it helped me to ground a lot of the the belief of my own self into the world through sharing, just sharing my truth. But in that talk, as I was giving the talk, I was shown that I was going to be entering into a deeper action now than I had been before. Before, I was helping people to understand the greater depth of the spiritual pathways that they were on, whatever it might be, religious, philosophical, psychic, or whatever, and trying to bring them all up to a higher level within themselves about the spiritual journey than they might otherwise have perceived. So as I was watching this inside, all of a sudden I realized, oh my God, I'm going to have to initiate in this lifetime. And I was okay with that, but I wasn't at the same time because I just knew what was coming. And I thought, well, now I'm going to see how this is going to unfold. How in the world is spirit going to get me into the position where that's going to happen? March of 1984, I was on a trip, and I used to take tours to Egypt every year, large, uh, 88 people at a time, two busloads. And we would do a two-week tour of Egypt. And I would give them an understanding of the spiritual journey that the journey of the Nile really represents. There's always an outer and an inner truth. Jesus, when he lived his outer truth and his inner truth, he lived it in a very dynamic way, in the way that he represented things to humanity. He was born in a cave. This is the cave right here at the seat of the soul. The soul comes in and is born here. It anchors itself here at the seat of the soul, and that's when the first breath is taken that the soul is in the body, 
The soul is in the cave, and that's where Jesus was born. When he died, he was placed into the cave and resurrected. In other words, he then rose up out of the body and was free once again of it to go on his, the remainder of his journey. So all of his life is an outer symbol of the greater inner truth. Just as the Nile River and all the temples along the river are an outer symbol of the greater inner journey that we take on our Nile River, if you will, which is the inner spinal cord chakra system up to the seat of the soul and then beyond. So I started this journey with 88 people in 1984 in March. We gathered together in a hotel and I began to explain to them that evening what the trip was going to be about and what to expect and what to do and what not to do. The normal tour guide stuff plus a lot of other beginnings of laying the foundation of the spiritual sharing I was going to give during the two weeks. And um, just as I began the talk, these three guys came and sat at the top. It was like an auditorium-style area at this hotel that they had for, for lectures and speeches. And I didn't think much about it, but then all of a sudden, Spirit kept pointing them out to me, pointing them out to me, and I thought, hmm, what is this about? I didn't even know who they were because they weren't a part of our group. They just happened to come in and join after I had started talking. So at the end of the talk, these three men waited, and everybody had left pretty much, and I was talking to a couple of people and closing to move on out of the room, and these three men came down, and one of them said, wow, that was a very good talk. That's one of the best talks I've ever heard in relation to what you're talking about. He said, that was so clear and so dynamic, and there was a lot of truth in that. And I said, well, thank you. And I had no idea who they were. I introduced myself, and they introduced themselves, and then off they went. And I didn't think anything more about it than that. And then the next day, I found out that they had joined our group. Well, for one, I already had a, two full bus loads. I didn't have a lot of room for another people and a lot of luggage. And I, I say that, you know, because of, of experience. We were going to do two weeks on the road in Egypt in buses. And there wasn't a lot of places for extra luggage to go. And there wasn't a lot of places for three more bodies to sit because of just the layout of everything in the bus. But we made it work. And that night after they joined the group, I became aware that one of these men was going to initiate me and share with me the sacred name of God. And I went, all right, how is that going to work? And so I just kind of watched it unfold. And sure enough, it turned out that this man, whose name was John Roger, was the one who was going to initiate me in this lifetime. Long before that, in 1971-72, I became aware of a spiritual teacher in India 
by the name of Charan Singh. And that was the one I thought was going to initiate me because I knew who he was inwardly and outwardly. And I knew that that's the one I had followed before as a spiritual teacher, and I was so happy to find him again. But then in the process of applying for initiation and working towards initiation under the uh, guidelines that they give for initiation and receiving initiation, I wrote him several letters, and finally I wrote one you know, to finalize the movement towards initiation, I had done all the guidelines. I had done everything as best I could in, in all ways. And he wrote me back and he said, you know, in this lifetime, I'm not yours. I'm not the one who can initiate you. There's another. And you're going to have to keep looking for him until you find him. And, uh, but he said, uh, but I'll be with you but I will not initiate you in this lifetime. And so I thought, oh, that's great. I just spent all this time <laughs> getting ready to be initiated, and then I find out he's not even my teacher. And I was quite disappointed and kind of upset at the moment that he hadn't told me that in the beginning. <laughs> I would have loved to know that, but he didn't. So I kind of thought about it and wondered about it, and I looked around, and I met several other people who I thought maybe were and maybe weren't. And I had one man who tried to approach me to get initiated in his group because he wanted me to be the one who would take over when he died. And I didn't want that because he didn't have the full pathway. He didn't have the five names. He only had three. And so, but when this other man came forward, John Roger, and uh, I knew immediately that this was what I was going to be doing and that I was going to do what I could to be of service to him in my actions, both inwardly and outwardly. Because I knew about the threefold pathway of meditation, self-study, and service. And the work I was doing in the world was my service. I did it for free. I never charged anything to any group. I never received any money from any group, Coptic International, uh, or anywhere. And... So I knew I was going to be doing service to his group, whatever it was called at that time. So I did get initiated. I did do the inner pathway, and everything started moving along. And it started to getting more dynamic and more real. And then in 1990, I think is about when you first called me, yeah, on, on the phone. And we would talk two or three times a year. And um, and I kept feeling this energy around all of that, but I didn't know where it was going to lead. And I think I didn't know where it was going to lead because I didn't want to know. <laughs> so all of a sudden, he moved to, in 1997, he moved to Austin. And a deeper relationship of friendship started to develop. And... I could see it unfolding right before my eyes, in the world and in spirit. And I just have to say that what you're doing now is remarkable. And I am so grateful to have been a part and still being a part. I'm still here. 
<laughs> I'm not done, according to God. And um, I'm so grateful to be able to be a part of it, to witness it, to be a part of it, and to know that in some way I've played a part in, in his unfolding as a spiritual teacher. And every year I hear him speak and share at deeper, deeper levels in simpler and simpler ways and in the most profound sharings. And it just pleases me, moves me in so many different ways to just know that this has been fulfilled and is being fulfilled and will continue to be fulfilled because of that. And, you know, he's not going to go anywhere. He's sticking around. You know, it's this is a hard, this is hard. Most people think, oh, my God, they must have the easiest life because they don't do anything except just a couple of talks here and a retreat here and there, and they get to travel all over the world and do these things. Yeah, I'll tell you what. The old saying, walk in their moccasins for a mile and then see what you have to say. I bet you by the half mile mark, you'd be out of those moccasins and say, nope, 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 I don't want it. <laughs> and that's what happens. I mean, I had other people that could have been and had shown up to be the teacher, and they ran as fast as they could. They had all different kinds of reasons, but they ran as soon as they began to even get the little inkling of inner growth or inner, inner sight because they didn't want to have to do the inner work that it takes to do this. They didn't want to give up what it takes to do this until Brian came across and he gave up more than you can imagine, but he's gained more than you could ever know. The only way that you can know what he has gained is to go inside yourself, do the meditation, do it with total focus, pay attention, stay awake in your meditation, and let yourself move into the inner experience. There is a dynamic world in spirit that is just waiting to show itself to you. But you have to let go. You've got to let go of your willfulness, your ego, your wants, your needs, your expectations, and just be. Just be there with God. Oh, all I have to say is say that, and it just is <laughs> there. Wow. I want that to be for you. I want you to just be able to say to be with God and be with God. Just have God be right there with you, and you know that. And it takes time, and it takes effort. It takes doing this meditation every day as best you can every day. Give it some time. Give God a chance, as they say. Because God is waiting for you. You're not waiting for God. God is waiting for you. Waiting for you to show up. Waiting for you to look inside. Waiting for you to start experiencing the movement of the divine. That loving, that joy, that peace, and all that is God. God is waiting for you to show up. He's been waiting a long time. 
ever since you entered into the first cave and were born into the physical body, he has been waiting for you to resurrect, to rise up out of this creation, even while in the body, to give up this body, to give up this world, and wake up to the soul, to wake up to the truth of who you are while in the body. And then begin to experience. And if you could just begin to glimpse, if you haven't already done so in your meditation, to glimpse into the truth that is in spirit for you. It is beyond words. It is beyond belief. The mind cannot comprehend what it is that is in spirit for you. I have come back to my body after having inner experiences in the higher realms of spirit. And my mind is sitting there looking at me like, what? What? Explain that to me. And you can't. There's no explanation. There's no words that you can give to the mind what has just happened. But it has. And you know it. You, the soul, knows it. And the mind just goes, all right, I guess I can't know it all, but that's all right. I'll accept that. And then what's interesting is once you've had a few of those kind of experiences, the mind is going, sit down and meditate. Let's go see what else happens. It's not like the mind's going, no, 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 we don't have time like you find often in your life. No, 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 we've got to do other things. And the mind gets in the way of the meditation. After a while... All of a sudden, the mind is going, can we just sit down and see what else is there? I've got to understand this. And then after a while, the mind just calms down and goes, I like what it ha is happening, even though I don't understand it, because it's way beyond me. The mind cannot experience anything above itself. The mind can experience the mind, the emotion, the imagination, and the physical body, but it can't experience anything beyond itself because it's not made of spirit. It is made of matter, and it can only experience the material world. So it's got to be you, the soul, that goes beyond the matter, matter, beyond the material world, and experiences the truth of the soul and the spirit and of God. And that's what this pathway is all about. And every day in my practice of meditation, I give thanks to Charan Singh. And I give thanks to John Roger. Because without them, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. And Brian, <laughs> I don't know where Brian would be. <laughs> so I give them thanks every day of my life. I honor them every day of my life. In India, when I was there with Charm Singh, meeting with him and all, I witnessed something most profound. Whenever he would walk up to the podium 
or really it was a dais where he would sit and he would talk and meditate with the group. I witnessed something most profound and I asked him about it. When he would walk up to the dais before he sat and he did it Indian style, not in a chair, he would get down and put his forehead right to the floor and gratitude. <laughs> I've never shared this. With gratitude for the presence of God <laughs> that he was going to experience in that moment. Because he knew, <laughs> he knew it wasn't about him. He knew it was about God coming through him to share with the disciples. And so he would bow down in gratitude to that presence of God before he sat there to begin the process. And it was quite a process. You know, I look at having the number of initiates we have right now and I look at the number he had, and I think it must have been overwhelming for him at times. Because when I was there, there was over 700,000 people gathered in this huge space, televisions all the way down so that some, they could at least see his image on TV, if not in person. And so... I can imagine, and those were all initiates. Those were all initiates. And those weren't even all of them. I mean, it was a couple of million initiates that he has around the world, or had. And I just thought to myself back then, and that was in 1986, that that is amazing that he was handling the energy for so many people and here we are handling it for so many people, not quite that many. <laughs> and it's challenging. So I am grateful for all of you. And I'm grateful because I see all of, not all of you, I see a lot of you all the time inwardly. Some of you I see some of the time inwardly. But you're doing the meditation. You're doing the inner work. You're doing what it takes to wake up and to liberate the soul. Whether you know it or not, you're doing the work because you're showing up. You're showing up here. You're showing up in your meditation. You're showing up in your daily life. And you're making choices in your daily life that are transforming you. You're forgiving somebody where before you would hate them. You're loving yourself rather than judging yourself. You're choosing to take different actions rather than live in reactions. Those are the things that make up an initiate. And those are the things that make a big difference. Just like Brian said, there's a point in time in this process of evolution where all of a sudden we turn up. We start the upward journey rather than continuing down. And it's those kind of actions that begin the journey upward. 
And if you do it daily, then the journey gets a lot easier and a lot quicker in its momentum. You're going to move fast. And when I say that, it's funny because I think of one time I had an initiate who asked, uh, you know, he said, oh, yeah, bring it on. I love fast. Let it be just as fast as it can be. I said, are you sure? And he said, yes, yes, I, I mean it, really. Six months, seven months, eight months later, I'm with him and I'm talking to him and he goes, is there any way to slow this down? And I go, no, not really. Once you start this pathway, it moves fast. And he goes, well, it's got to slow down. I can't keep up with it. I'm having to change so much, so fast. And, you know, I said, well, just keep doing it. This is a new journey for you now. You asked for it and you got it. So don't ask for more than you can take. But ask for everything, really and truly. Just keep saying, God, I'm here. I'm yours. I'm ready. Let's go. And then see where God takes you. It's not always easy, but life isn't always easy, is it? Whether you were on this pathway or not, there'd be the hardships, the difficulties, the problems, the people, the whatever. So this pathway doesn't take that away, but it offers you an opportunity to approach it all very differently and to stand with it differently and to be more calm and centered and loving and neutral to it and with it and in it than you would otherwise maybe be. I think some of you have realized, if not all of you, that action is better than reaction. And I still go into reaction, but I do what I can to get out of it as quick as I can. Just the other day, I caught myself and I went, are you stupid? Come on, wake up. Because I was letting myself follow the mind and my emotions into a situation that I didn't need to be involved in or go into or take responsibility for even. But there I was going. But I caught myself right at the stupid moment. <laughs> Are you stupid? Yeah, I am. <laughs> That's me. Be willing to be wrong so that you can do it right. That's a big one. I've been wrong a lot. But I've also done what I could to, to bring it into the right. To bring it into an action rather than a reaction, so that I can keep moving freer, moving along in my pathway, and moving higher into God. So I think that's enough of me today. <laughs> so thank you all very much for today. This has been great so far. And I know that you know, we're going to bring a close to the sharing part. So you want to move on from there? Go ahead. Well, so um, I don't know what time we're going to gather back together now. Probably about 4, four o'clock. About 4 o'clock we'll gather back together for question and answer here in the room. And I guess this will be about a closure for 
the broadcast for the people watching from afar, but you're very welcome to go into meditation or go out and do the world or whatever it might be, but take God with you wherever you go. Let God be that which leads the way. Let that God that was within you be the foundation upon which you stand and you move and live your life fully.